Hi, this is Pastor Tim. If this is your first time listening today, please stay tuned after the message. God, you are our shepherd and our rock, and to think that we can trust you and hide ourselves in you and depend on you above everything else is a comforting thought, uh, one that gives us strength and peace and hope and courage. And God, we need that. Uh, just in everyday life, let alone got a life following you and a life going against the grain and current of this world. And God, as we seek your word, we did, we need to remember that you're higher than us and your ways are higher than ours. So instruct us and teach us and help us bend to um, your will and, and uh, change us and uh, mold us and break us where we need it. Uh, but most of all, God, just feed us tonight. And thank you for this time together, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, so it, tonight we'll be in Proverbs, like I said, and uh, it's just going to be an informal study. I'm just going to go through and read uh, like I normally would, and when stuff sticks out, uh, I will uh, comment on it. Uh, you know, if if there's something that, you know, isn't clear or something, feel free to ask, but I'm just going to try and formally kind of go through it and more of a devotional style, and uh, we'll keep the time, um, you know, relative to that. So, uh, just a reminder of Proverbs, right? The Proverbs is mainly King David's son, Solomon, and his sayings that uh, the Bible espouses that he was the wisest man to ever live, uh, and I don't disagree with that. He did make some foolish decisions, despite being so wise, and did struggle in his walk with the Lord, and, and that gives hope for the rest of us that even if the wisest man in the world couldn't get it right that we all need jesus we all need the he was jesus really the wisest man but he was god so he's you know compared to solomon solomon's kind of got doesn't have a leg up but uh with that uh, god gave solomon a lot of insight and i think a lot of that is observational a lot of that is by god's spirit um and it's it's good to go through it's good to know it's great for a devotional time in the morning or at night uh, it's great to just chew on and think about. Um, one of my favorite Proverbs, I think it's 1630, that you may roll the dice, but God controls where they end up. I used to play a lot of board games with my friends and would call that out to them. <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, it doesn't matter. You know, gambling doesn't pay, but uh, God controls that. There's, there's nothing random in this world, though. God knows everything that's going to happen. Uh, despite how random it might seem to us. But it's not just Solomon. It's uh, King Lemuel has someone here as well, and also uh, a guy named Agur, or Agur. And every time I come across a, a name that sounds funny to us in modern America, I ask the kids if they want to be named that. So would you want to be named Lemuel or Agur? I don't know. Uh, but just some scripture came to mind before even getting to Proverbs, uh, really that the, uh, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God, right? that there are many people in this world who claim to be wise, but because they don't fear God, they are as smart or as wise as they are in the world, they are really foolish. And they're missing the bigger picture of it all, 
And the Bible explains that to us as well, that the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. That no matter how many degrees you have, how smart you have, how wise you are in public affairs and, and other practices, that if you don't have God in your heart, you don't even just recognize that God exists, then you're really not wise. You're, not, you're a fool. And I think that uh, you know Romans would tell us that if we just look around, all creation cries out and tells us that there is a living God, uh, one who made us. But also in Isaiah, that God's ways are higher than our ways, right? That his knowledge is far past us finding out on our own accord. Um, and that uh, he uh, knows our hearts. Our hearts are wicked and deceitful above all things, but God knows them. And Proverbs is a great tool to kind of get in there and dig out your heart. And I think that's why I like it so much in the morning, because uh, I'm pretty foolish and I need God's wisdom. Uh, so with that being said, uh, Lord, again, we ask that your word would instruct us, uh, even in the night seasons, that God, you would uh, correct us, rebuke us, reprove us, all those things that uh, good, sound doctrine of your word is meant to do. And uh, we're thankful for it, God, and we love you and trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's start out Proverbs chapter 1, and I'm in the modern English version, so it might be a little different than what you have, but it's pretty close to the New King James version. It says, The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. And if you remember Solomon and David, right? Solomon was the son of uh, Bathsheba, right? Not the first one. The first one died, but the second one. Uh, so you just see how God uses that, right? And uh, God is greater than our sin. And, um, you know, I, I think that's the wisest thing to know. Uh, but he says, to know wisdom and instruction, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive instruction and wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity, that we have to know wisdom, that before uh, we can even be wise, we have to know what wisdom is. And wisdom, you know, in a layman's term can be not only knowing the right thing, but knowing how to do the right thing and doing the right thing is what makes you wise. Just because you know the right answer doesn't necessarily mean you're wise. I think a lot of us have book smarts, but not street smarts. And Proverbs would encourage us to, to get those street smarts scripturally, to practice the word to live it out, uh, like the half-brother of Jesus said, James, he said, you know, I'll show you my faith by my works. You know, that faith without works is dead. That faith, just because we know the right answer, we know the scripture, we believe the right things, but until we act them out and live them out and walk them out, uh, it's vanity. And, and uh, just real quick, I love Proverbs because it, it calls out the vanity, the vain things of life, and really kind of makes things simple and makes all the vain things of the world as you read it lose their luster and sometimes it's a little frustrating and disappointing as you pursue the wisdom of god in the scripture because the things you used to enjoy you can't enjoy anymore and you're like what am i going to enjoy there's nothing left because the world is all vain as we'll see what solomon says um you know that uh with wisdom comes comes much sorrow uh but even to to know wisdom and instruction to perceive the words of understanding that as we read uh proverbs as you read it in your own time perhaps uh it'll begin to help you see when other things are wise when the world will have its own wisdom right but sometimes they'll get a nugget of truth right sometimes they'll say something that makes uh, a lot of sense and you realize oh that's really god's truth and not that you know other religions are correct but that when someone discovers a truth that all truth if it's really truth is god's truth and we can find him through it but to receive the instruction of wisdom, that wisdom wants to instruct us, but we need to be ready to receive it. If we're not ready to receive it, what good is it going to do? Uh, 
verse 4, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. That Man, to us simple-minded, we need to be subtle. Sometimes we go out and lay all our cards out on the table, and you don't want to do that, especially at a car dealership. You don't want to let them know how much money you want to spend. Uh, but sincerely, that we need to have subtlety. And the young man, knowledge and discretion. You know, discretion is huge. Knowing, Being able to determine what right and wrong is and see the difference and pick the right one and also be discreet to not give everything away, to keep some things to your chest. Especially young men need it. <laughs> right, Jake? But a wise man will hear and will increase learning. A man of understanding will attain wise counsel that if you're wise, you're going to hear it and you're going to get wiser. That's one way to tell if you're wise or not. Even if you feel like a fool, if you hear wisdom and want to apply it, guess what? That means you're wise. Uh, And you don't have to have a thousand IQ to be wise. Uh, To understand a proverb and an interpretation, the words of the wise and their riddles. Uh, And here we go. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And would you look today at our world? There's videos out there of kids giving answers and they're foolish because they despise learning uh they don't want anything to do with that but he says my son hear the instruction of your father uh and do not forsake the teaching of your mother for they will be a garland of grace on your head and chains about your neck you know i didn't do the research so i don't know if this is solomon talking to his kids or if this is solomon repeating what david said to him uh but how important it is to listen to the instruction of godly parents. Or even listen to the instruction of ungodly parents who are just giving good practical advice. Uh, but there'll be a crown on your head and chains on your neck. <laughs> Not a ball and chain, but like nice jewelry on your neck. You, they're proof that uh, you, know, you want to be rich in wisdom, listen to your parents. My son, if sinners entice you, verse 10, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood. Let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive as the grave and whole as those who go down to the pit. We will find all kinds of precious possessions. We will fill our houses with spoil. Come on, cast your lot in among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path, for their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. Uh, Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. They lie in wait for their own blood. And lurk secretly for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy of gain, which takes away the life of its owners. And I like this section for many reasons, but one, it it always reminds me of socialism. Come in with us. We'll all have one purse. We'll all share everything, and uh, you know everything will be grand. But really, it's they're really just trying to. Be, they're just thieves. They're covetous, and uh, they really don't realize that they're lying away for their own blood. As as people go out and and try and steal from others, really, it's really costing them. It's really selling their own soul. Uh, and so is the one who is greedy, it says, which takes away the life of its owners. That There's that trade-off for greed. You know, you lose your life, you lose your morals, you lose your friends, you cast away the things that are most worthy in life, most valuable uh, for things that are temporal and, and don't last that long. In uh, verse 20, it says, wisdom cries out in the street. She utters her voice in the market. So picture this here. God, through Solomon, is trying to have us understand wisdom as a lady, uh, as a, you know, a symbol of, you know, if she was a creation, she's a person walking through the streets. And I think it's interesting that even in this day and age that Solomon was using and God was using a woman uh, for wisdom. 
that uh, w women can be very wise despite uh, what happened in the garden, that there's a wisdom there. And for all those who say the Bible is misogynistic, well, it says wisdom <laughs> is personified uh, in a womanly picture here. But wisdom cries out in the streets. She utters her voice in the markets. She cries at the corner of the streets and the openings of the gates. She speaks her words in the city, saying, you know, that wisdom wants to be found. Wisdom is, makes herself known. Wisdom puts herself out there where people are able to buy and sell her goods. Wisdom is one that, uh, you know, it is only lost by the fool because the fool wants nothing to do with wisdom. It's not that wisdom isn't attainable. It's not that wisdom isn't available. It's not that wisdom isn't plain and simple. It's just that wisdom isn't desired uh, because a lot of times it goes against our flesh. But she says, how long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? How long, we, how long do you want to stay foolish? How long do you want to stay simple and not be educated and not be wise? Well, how long are you going to do that? Are you, going to, are you done doing that? Uh, are you done being simple? She says, For the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn at my reproof. Surely I will pour out my spirit, that's the spirit of wisdom, on you. I will make my words known to you. And really, the spirit of wisdom is really the spirit of God, right? That God's spirit, uh, although God is not a woman, that there are godly aspects of women, and I think that's what's pictured here, but that she, as the personification of wisdom, wants people to be wise. That wisdom doesn't want to keep wisdom for itself. Wisdom wants the most people to be wise as possible, because if everyone is wise, more wise things are happen. More beneficial things will happen. But if more people are foolish, well, calamity is bound to happen, right? And I'll, surely I'll pour out my spirit on you. Isn't that like God, that if we just come to him, he's going to grant us the answer uh, that we need, that if we draw close to him, he'll draw close to us, the Bible says. Uh, but verse 24, she says, Because I have called and you refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. Doesn't this remind you of the way God spoke with Israel? Like, come on, I, I reached out to you for so many years and you refused me. But she says, Because you neglected all my counsel, verse 25, and would have none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear comes, and when your fear comes a desolation, and your destruction comes as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. That the fool, when he's presented with wisdom, if he rejects said wisdom and continues on to calamity, well, there really isn't much compassion that even wisdom would have on him. She's like, you had every chance to learn the right thing. You know, you, you know it's been said, like, you only have yourself to blame for this. Right? And not that wisdom wouldn't pick up the fool when he's finally willing to realize that he's a fool. But when a fool gets calamity dumped on his own head, well, there's no one else to blame. And I think the problem with our world is today that there are many foolish people out there. And when they encounter the ends of their foolishness, they blame somebody else. They say, my calamity is not my own problem because I'm foolish and I've rejected wisdom and instruction. It's your problem. And she says, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me early, but they will not find me. Because they hated knowledge, and here's the clincher, and did not choose the fear of the Lord. That it goes back to that. If we choose the fear of the Lord, well, then that's it. But if we're calling out for answers, if we're calling out for wisdom in the middle of our calamity, but we're not calling out primarily to Jesus, no matter what answer comes to us, it's not going to fix us. It's not going to help us. Like the uh, Bible talks about the man who was possessed and the demon left and the man cleaned up and cleaned up his brain and cleaned up his life. But guess what? 
The demon came back with seven more of his buddies from the wilderness, and the man was worse off afterwards than he was in the beginning. And that's the same way. If we continue to reject wisdom, and the basis of wisdom being God's wisdom and the fear of God, well, nothing's ever going to really fix us and get us through that. You know, a lot of people turn to the things that they find and wise things as their savior, but without Jesus, even if, even if their life is totally wise and perfect, so to speak, when they get to the end of their life, if, well, you'll see that they're uh, no better off. But she says, uh, uh, verse 31, Therefore they will eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. I don't know about you, but I've been filled with my own devices before, and it's never good. For the turning of the way of the simple will slay them, and the prosperity of fools will destroy them. We have to look at our country today. We've been very foolish, and we've been very prosperous in our foolishness, and it's turning out to destroy us. But just because something is going good for you as you do foolish things, it doesn't mean that the end is going to be good. It means that the end, will, it will destroy you. She says, verse 33, But whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure from the fear of evil. That man, if we're wise, well, you're going to pick a wiser neighborhood to live in. You're going to make wiser decisions. You know, you might even just practically remember to lock your doors at night and leave a light on outside as just practical ways of uh, fending off a criminal element. You know, if someone really wants to break in and get you, they'll get you. But even just in practical ways that we can dwell secure from the fear of evil because we've been wise and prepared. Joseph in, in, uh, in Egypt was wise. God gave Pharaoh that dream. Joseph was God's blessing on Egypt and the world at the time and gave him wisdom and discernment on how to practically apply that dream. And he said, well, let's store up food for seven years. So we'll see later, the Bible says that uh, a wise man foresees the evil and he hides himself. So that part of wisdom is seeing, hey, things aren't going so good or things don't look so safe. I should do something to prepare to protect myself uh, and those I care about and my things as well. Um, a wise person, uh, even as a Christian, if you go into a rough neighborhood, you should probably lock the doors on your car. Why? Because that's a wise thing to do. It would be foolish to say, God, will you protect me from the criminals trying to steal my car? God's going to say, I gave you door locks. Lock the doors on your car. Right? And I'm not saying that you know, we can go down the path of practical wisdom surpasses spiritual leading, right? There might be a time when, you know, I remember uh, the first summer after getting saved and, and doing a missions trip with uh, in Newburgh, New York, and probably the roughest area, and I was, I had no idea how bad Newburgh was. And I remember uh, we were out doing evangelism, doing pop-up, they were doing pop-up hip-hop concerts with the gospel, and then they would move to another block and do the same thing. And I got separated from everyone a couple blocks, and I'm walking around in these rough neighborhoods, and I had opportunity to share the gospel with a few people on some dark streets all by myself, and God was with me. And I look back and I go, wow, like <laughs> practically I was pretty foolish, and God had his hand on me and protected me, and I didn't need to fear evil because I was with God. But in the same sense, like on any other night, probably not the best idea for me to walk down those same blocks. But uh, I think you get where I'm going with that. That you know, This doesn't mean that evil will never happen to us, it doesn't mean that, uh, you know, uh, we're always going to be dwelling in perfect safety and that God is never going to put you in a dangerous situation. But what it means is that in practical wisdom, you know, if we follow wise things, it means that we're going to be protected from things that fools uh, are subject to. You know, the wise man builds his house upon a rock, but the fool builds his house upon the sand. So if we're wise and seeking God, uh, you know, we're probably not going to buy the lemon. We're not going to put ourselves in the wrong situation 
to get us hurt. And so we have that fear from safety, uh, if that makes sense. But uh, let's go on, uh, see if we can get through chapter two. It says, my son, again, I love it, my son, hearing just the instruction of a father, and I love being able to say my son and my daughters to my daughters and instruct them. And, and I need that too. I love feeling like I'm God's son because I am and, and getting this wisdom, even if to sit next to Solomon, you know, have him call me son would be pretty cool. But he says, my son, if you will receive my words and hide my commandments within you. Again, we talked about discretion right before, right? That we need to hide these things in us, that we need to protect it like a jewel, right? We don't want to put it out and let it be destroyed. Can I pass my coffee, please, honey? Oh, thank you. You know, we need to hide these things. He says uh, in verse 2, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. You know, sometimes you're on the Zoom call and you kind of got to lean in and listen uh, and hear and get closer. But that's what we need to do. We need to get closer. When we hear wisdom speaking, wisdom's not always going to shout to us. Just like the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a still, small voice. We're going to need to incline our ear sometime. And what was that, God? What's the wise thing? And apply our heart to it that our heart's not always going to like it. Our hearts are foolish, right? Our hearts are wicked, right? Your heart doesn't want to be wise. If your heart wants to be wise, it's for selfish reasons. And hey, we can use that. We can go with that. But man, we need to apply our heart to it. We need to put our heart to it. Wisdom doesn't just happen. It takes effort to work it out. He says, yes, if you cry out for knowledge and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver, you know, we live in Montana, uh, La Ora La Plata, you know, they sought gold and silver here. That Silver wasn't just laying in the streets. They had to dig it up, right? That's the same thing with wisdom. We need to dig it up. We need to mine it up. We need to guard it because it's going to want to be stolen from us. And we need to search for her as hidden treasures. Verse 5, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. To understand the fear of the Lord. You know, uh, a lot of wisdom from godly wisdom happens through application. The way we learn obedience is by being obedient. We can't say we know what it's like to be obedient until we've actually obeyed and seen the fruits of it, right? Uh, for the Lord gives wisdom, verse 6, out of his mouth come understanding and knowledge. I love how they're always going right back to the Lord. That you want wisdom? What's the source? Fearing God, and it's coming out of his mouth. He lays up sound wisdom for the righteous. He's a shield to those who walk uprightly. He keeps the path of justice and preserves the way of his saints. You know, the Bible uh, talks about the wisdom that comes from above is peaceable, pure, right? Uh, it's not going to cause... Uh, scathing divisions, but it's gonna it's gonna be a shield. But God says He lays up uh, a shield to those who walk uprightly. That I think a lot of people might take Proverbs and say that God helps those who help themselves, and that's not what God is saying here. What God is saying that if you walk uprightly, you know that you're going to be in the right place at the right time, and I'm going to protect you. And if something bad happens to you while you're walking uprightly, that I'm still going to be there through you. That it's it's really, if we're doing the right thing and something bad happens, well, then all the onus is on God to get it sorted out. If we're doing the wrong thing and, the wrong, and something bad happens to us, sometimes it's on us to get ourselves out, so to speak. And not that God won't help us, right, or give us wisdom or a way out, but really, like, <laughs> whose fault it is at the end of the day, right? If we're doing the right thing, then it's easier to trust God and make sure that you do it. But he says, then you will understand righteousness and judgment and equity. And every good path, you know, the world is all about equity today, trying to, you know, this perverted use of the word equity. 
um, you know, that uh, trying to create equal outcomes for different effort. And the world just doesn't work that way. If you want more wheat, you got to plant more wheat. If you want uh, more meat, you got to have more cows. You can't just get the same results. But verse 10 says, when wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, and it's got to be pleasant to your soul. Is it pleasant to your soul? Discretion will preserve you. Understanding will keep you. That man, you want to be preserved. You got to have that discretion. You can't just walk blindly into situations. You got to be uh, wise as serpents and gentle as doves. And you realize the world's out to get you. And even not every Christian's even going to be honest with you. It might do something with you. Don't be foolish. Be wise. Consider that answer you're going to give. Consider that job you're going to take. Consider that purchase you're going to make. Sleep on it. Pray about it. You know, uh, and that discretion and that knowledge is going to protect you. Uh, and will keep you, verse 12, to deliver you from the way of the evil man, from the man who speaks perverse things. And I'm not talking about the so-called president. I'm just talking about anyone out there is going to try and trick you. Salesmen, uh, politicians, your boss, someone who wants something from you, doesn't even realize that they're trying to trick you, but they are. Use your brain. Be wise. Listen to God. Verse 13, from those who's, who leave the path of a brightness, and walk in the day in the ways of darkness. This is not that the people of the world in our day and age, who rejoice to do evil. Is that not last month or two months ago? The whole month's dedicated to rejoicing to do evil, and delight in the perversity of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and who are devious in their paths, to deliver you from the immoral woman, even from the seductress who flatters with her words. Not just girls for guys, but guys uh, for girls are the same thing who forsakes the guide of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. Um, you know, almost no one more deceived out there than someone who was raised around Christianity or, or had a relationship, so to speak, with God and, and no longer does. You know, I was watching these videos on Christian artists and it's sad to see how many of them are embracing the ways of the world and have forsaken the guide of their youth. For her house leads down to death and her path to the departed spirits. None who go to her return again, nor do they take hold the path of life. And someone who seduces you in any way, as fun as it may seem, as great as it may sound, as good as it may look, it's death. Is that not the same spirit that was in the Garden of Eden with the, the, the fruit seducing them? Verse 20, so you may walk in the way of good men and keep the path of the righteous. You have to work hard to stay on the right path. That it's a narrow path, Jesus said, and few there are that find it. Uh, verse 21, for the upright will dwell in the land, and the innocent will remain in it. And this is comforting, but the wicked will be cut off from the earth, and the transgressors will be rooted out of it. And man, I think sometimes we wish that would happen right away, uh, but God is graceful and gracious and merciful, and um, we do know that at one day, maybe the last day, but at one day, all the wicked will be removed from the earth and in fact we'll even get a new heavens and new earth uh, chapter 3 and I'm feeling pretty wise right now asking my Ashley to make me some iced coffee earlier today because it's paying off again it says my son you can take this as my daughter too but my son do not forget my teaching but let your heart keep my commandments again all this stuff goes back to the heart man uh david said uh let me hide my word 
uh, within me that I might not sin against you, God. That it's got to start in the heart. You know, wisdom in the brain isn't going far enough. It might be wise to make investments and practical decisions, but there's probably going to end up being some immorality there and um, un- unethical ways to to get the wise things that you want. But it's got to start in the heart, especially for us believers. If it's not God working in your heart, well, I don't know that it's worth it. But let your heart keep my commandments. We need to tell our heart to do it. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. You want to live a long time? Be wise. You want to die young? So to speak, be foolish. It says, Do not let mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them about your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. You You want to be pleasing to God? You want to find favor with the right people in life? Make sure wisdom is on. Make sure your heart is full of God's word. It says, verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, this famous verse, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your body and strength to your bones. The world today is all about their own truth, but they're just wise in their own eyes. And we need to fear the Lord to depart from evil. That's the path of wisdom is always departing from evil. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your presses will burst out with new wine. And you know, the temptation is to hang on to your tithe, to hang on to money and not give God from that increase, right? And people can argue all day about tithe being in 10%. You know, if you take the New Testament stance, it could be 100%. Uh, but as you're giving to God, make sure it's from the beginning and it's not from the end. Uh, you know, and a lot of times we worry, oh man, we're not going to have enough food. We're not going to have enough this, not going to have enough that. Um, you know what? But if you give to God, uh, you'll make wise decisions and purchases after that. And I find myself uh, being wiser with money uh, if I'm more dedicated to how I give it to God first and depend on him first. He says, my son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be weary of his correction. And that's easy to do. Uh, For whom the Lord loves, he corrects. Whom the Lord loves, he corrects. You know, sometimes we think God isn't loving us when we get corrected in life. Or that someone else isn't loving us when they try and correct us. But that's the opposite. Uh, For even as a father, even as a father, the son in whom he delights, you know, I love my children and so I discipline them. If I didn't love them, I would never correct them. I would, it's not worth my time. Just leave me alone. But instead, I correct them because not only do I, not only in a selfish way, do I want wise children so I don't have to deal with foolish children, but more so than that, I want them to have a good life and a wise life and a full life and uh, have blessings of God throughout their life. And if I can teach them what uh, I always wanted to know and what the scriptures taught me now so they have a head start, all the better uh, for them. It says, verse 13, Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gets understanding. For her benefit is more profitable than silver and her gain than fine gold. Uh, You know, you have wisdom, you're going to make the right decisions and money can't buy right decisions. Money can't fix a bad marriage. Money can't fix bad investments. I mean, yeah, you know, you give us all a million dollars, we'd all fix a lot of things in our lives, right? Uh, I'd fix my teeth. Uh, but sincerely, uh, you know, 
you, when you have a regret in life for making a foolish decision, no amount of money is going to wipe that regret away. Um, she is more precious than rubies, and all the things you may desire are not to be compared with her. This is, again, wisdom, right? Wisdom uh, is what we need to keep in our sights. Length of days is in her right hand, and her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are the ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are of peace. You know, we look for peace so often, and so often we don't have peace in our lives. And I guarantee that if we don't have peace... It's because we haven't sought the Lord or haven't heard from the Lord. We may be going the right way, but we just haven't had God's confirmation in it yet. Uh, but man, there's nothing that robs your peace than making a foolish decision, doing something so dumb. I see all these memes uh, about, you know, going to sleep, and then they have a picture of the brain, and then the brain pulls up like a, a, a foolish thing that you did 20 years ago. And, you know, it's so easy to look back and, and see all these things that would just steal our peace. Man, I can't rest. When I do something foolish, uh, it should be shameful and bothersome. Uh, but she is a tree of life, verse 18, to those who take hold of her. And happy is everyone who retains her. You know, even if you lose everything else, if you retain wisdom, you'll be happy. The Lord by wisdom has founded the earth. And here, this is awesome. It shows that, that wisdom is really an intrinsic part of God's nature. That when God created the world, it wasn't just, bleh. Let there be light, which it was, but there was deep wisdom behind God saying, let there be light. The way light works, the way light operates, the way molecules interact, the way the universe happens, the way the tides move, and gravity, and nuclear physics, all these things are chock full of wisdom, and, and they're really amazing to look into. Just the fact that someone could think of all those things and come up with all those things is amazing and shows God's wisdom is, is beyond our understanding. And he has uh, established the heavens with understanding. By his knowledge, the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down the dew. My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. Again, discretion. How important it is that we are discreet in things. We're not showing too much leg, so to speak, <laughs> if you're young and attractive, or you're not showing too much of your heart to the wrong people, right? That it's a, a, a wellspring of life and we need to guard it. That, you know, when we come into a deal that we're, like I said before, we're not showing how much money's in our wallet because that's how much they'll say it costs. Uh, but to be discreet. And they will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. And then you will walk in safely in your way and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Uh, you know, yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. You know, often as we do foolish things, we try and rip someone off or do something to get dishonest gain and we lose our sleep because... How, we're just worried about someone breaking in and stealing it back from us the way we stole it from them, so to speak. But do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is the power of your hand to do it. That's a huge verse. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in the power of your hand to do it. If you owe your neighbor five bucks and you've got five bucks in your hand, Go pay him that five bucks right now. Don't hang on to it. Say, oh, I don't really have it now. I need this now. Just get out of that debt. Get it paid off. Get it done. If you need to do good to someone, uh, you know, do it now while you can. Don't procrastinate. Uh, now is always the right time to do good. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again, and tomorrow I will give it when you already have it with you. Like, don't tell him to come back tomorrow. Just give it to him now. Don't make the situation worse. 
Uh, you know, be someone who's trustworthy, uh, not someone who's greedy. Do not devise evil against your neighbor, verse 29, seeing he dwells securely by you. Like, oh, look, my neighbor is safe. Oh, let me see what I, how I can rip him off. Don't do that. Do not strive with a man without cause if he has done you no harm. So many people like to start a fight for no reason. And, you know, there's a, there's a right time to go to court. There's a right time to confront someone and deal with it. But if, if he's not doing you any harm, just, just let it be. Uh, do not envy the oppressor, verse 31, and choose none of his ways. For the perverse is an abomination to the Lord, and a secret counsel is with the righteous. That man, there's there's several things in the Bible listed an abomination, and and the perverse person is one of them. One whose ways are twisted, whose ways are crooked. Um, you know, we've been watching that show Better Call Saul, and it just it's a tragedy. And you see how this person's ways get more and more twisted, and and caught up in his own lies, and it just costs him everything good in his life. Uh, because of it but it says that god's secret counsel is with the righteous i don't know about you but i enjoy having god's secret counsel and truly none of his counsel is secret it's available in this book that we're all holding here the bible that it's all plain if we want god's counsel the bible is very plain about a lot of things do not steal do not covet do not murder uh don't put any idols before don't have any idols don't put any gods before god don't blaspheme you know there's a lot of practical things in here that are very plain to read and very simple. And, uh, you know, what would God have me do? Well, he's not going to have you steal, so don't do that. Um, and then there's other things that are a little tougher that you need to read and spend time with the Lord and, and digest, and God will use it. But God will always use this, the secret counsel of his. And I think a lot of times it's secret counsel because people don't open it, right? Like we read Wisdom and a Fool. A fool despises counsel and instruction and knowledge, and they just refuse to open it. So if you just simply open this... You're immediately getting wiser by the second. Uh, where do we leave off? Uh, okay, here we go. Verse 33. The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the habitation of the just. I know my house is blessed because of God. And uh, I know that without him, we wouldn't have anything that we have. Surely God scorns the scornful, but he gives favor to the humble. The wise will inherit glory, but the shame will be the legacy of fools. And, uh, you want to stop there? You want to do one more? Okay. We will stop here for tonight because my wife is wise and I will take her wise counsel. <laughs> but sincerely, that the Bible offers a lot of wisdom to us and a lot of, uh, it's really easy to get. We just have to apply our heart to it. We have to wake up and read it or read it before bed or take a break at lunch. Uh, but just to pick it up when we see it, we have that thought when it's by us and we have that opportunity when we have that opportunity to do good, uh, to do it and to listen to it and to um, apply it. And again, that foundation is the fear of God, that if we know that God is who he says he is and God is real and his word is real and we trust that and we uh, put our lives under that jurisdiction, um, that rule of law, uh, wisdom starts to get clearer and clearer as to what the right thing uh, may or may not be to do. So God, would you bless us? Would you let your word not return void in our lives and let us apply our hearts to it and be wise in it? And uh, God, we ask it. We thank you for that. And we ask just your blessing on all of us, that your, your blessing would be on our habitations and on our decisions. And, uh, 
Maybe we make wise decisions, even if our friends don't think it's wise, um, but it's clear in your word that it's wise. May we do it and not worry what others think, but worry what you think and about what you say and live uh, in that fear and respect of you and your word and your truth. And we love you, God. Thank you for being with us and always willing to give us a way out and giving us wisdom so freely. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. May God bless you. Thanks for listening today. If you've never come face to face with God, if you're starting to see that your life is not all that it's supposed to be, if it's weighed down with sin and burden, or perhaps it's just empty, you have everything you want in life, but you know there's more. Know that Jesus loves you. Know that He cares for you. And that the reason why He came and died on the cross is that all the things you've done wrong, the things that are called sin, keep you from going to heaven, keep you from being close to Him, close to the one who truly loves you. And if that's you, all you have to do, like the Bible says, is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that He's Lord and you will be saved. You don't have to do anything else. So won't you pray with me? You can pray this. It's easy. Talk to Him. He's listening. Lord Jesus, God, I see that I'm a sinner, that I can't live without you. I can try, but and I have tried, but it's empty, it's worthless, it's painful, and, and it's killing me. And I'm sorry. Please forgive me of hurting you and hurting other people and myself. Please make me clean. Help me, God, to know you and to trust you and to follow you all my days. Be my Lord. And come soon, I pray, Jesus. Amen. And if you've prayed that or something similar in your own words, please let us know. Visit our website and get in touch. Or talk to someone in your life who's a Christian. Find a good church that believes the Bible, that teaches the Bible, that lives it. And get involved. Christians aren't perfect, but God is. And He wants you to be around others who love Him. So may God bless you and keep you and His face shine upon you.